0: Hello friends, thank you for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible, with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Please support this mission by subscribing to and rating the show on your favorite podcast channel, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else. By doing so, you'll help others find the help which just might save their life. Also, please help by sharing a link to the show on all of your social media channels every time a new episode drops. And always remember to recover out loud. Hello everybody, thank you for joining me on Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. There's a lot of topics that I need to cover on the show, and after 262 episodes, I still have not covered what we're covering today. So thank you so much for tuning in, and this is a very, very important episode. Way back when I joined the military, the Gulf War broke out. And everybody thought it was going to be a weekend. It wasn't going to last long at all. Um, actually, I got that backwards. Terrible intro. But it's live. What do you do? Um, what I meant to say was that everybody thought it was World War III. Then it turned out to be not World War III at all. It turned out to be a lot shorter. Um, and Gulf, the Gulf War, Desert Storm and Desert Shield, all the shock and awe, it was over in a couple of weeks. But... The effects of the Gulf War has gone on and on and on and continues to this day. There is something called the Gulf War side effects that at first it was dismissed by the government. They refused to acknowledge it for the longest time, for years and years. And despite all of the testimony of all of the soldiers and sailors and airmen that were there in the Gulf War, uh, they're saying, nope, it's all in your head. But I have a guest on today, Kevin Simon, who knows different. And Kevin, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me on. So at what point, let's first talk about your service. Uh, You were in the Navy. Yeah, I went in in 1989, got out in
1: 1993. I served on board the USS San Jose as an auxiliary free store ship. And what we did is we supplied the amphibious task force, the uh, ranger battle group. uh, We supplied everybody out there, all the way from uh, Canadians, all the way to Brits, all the way to European. We served everybody. So we were all over the Persian Gulf at that time.
0: And so, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to ask. Now, before everything broke loose, were there... Briefings on the chemical alarms that you had set up?
1: We actually, on board a ship, they installed a chemical alarm. And uh, most ships out there had them. I, I think every military ship from all countries had them. And I believe even on the basis from what I'm understanding through my podcast, they, um, they went off three times. And um, at first they dismissed them all.
0: Um, So they they ignored your immediate action drills then. So when they were installed, we get briefings on all the safety equipment and we have the immediate action drills. What was your training for the immediate action drills? What were you supposed to do when the alarm goes off? We know when uh, somebody yells gas, 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 we all grab our (laughs) our masks and we get our mask on... uh, as quickly as possible, then follow further direction. So when those chemical alarms go off, what, what was your immediate action drill for that? exact
1: same thing. We put the mask on, then we put our chem suits on. And, but what's amazing is it's hard. It's, it's a lot harder when you're on a ship, especially if you're climbing up what we have called M frames. Uh, that's whenever I experienced the first alarm going off. I immediately went right down, put my mask on, put my chem suit. By the time I got my chem suit on, they said, uh, don't worry, guys. Uh, It was just a malfunction in the machine. But now we know
0: otherwise. How far off the coast would you guess you were when that went off the first time?
1: I I think the first time we were probably maybe 75 miles away. Uh, I I, I was probably about five miles away from land to be honest with you. And we we're probably 75 miles from Bahrain, okay, but well, we we're five miles from the coast uh, going towards Jabal.
0: So if it was a chemical weapon that set that off, how would that be possible being five miles off the coast? That's a thats a long ways.
1: Well, what we've learned is that uh, what Saddam did, he did several different things. He uh, put them inside the old wells, So when he blew up the oil wells, there was sarin gas already in there. He would fly helicopters over airplanes, anything he could, and he would dust us. Every port out there, every major um, base out there, he was uh, spraying it over top of us. And mainly with helicopters. That's what we learned so far. And we've learned... uh, that they knew about it back in uh, 1995 Uh, exactly what happened to us. That's when everything really started for the United States. uh, That's when they started coming out saying, Hey, there's something seriously going on.
0: Does Sarin sarin gas stay in a fairly tight cloud?
1: No, it spreads. It, It spreads. But the way he did it, he, it was so diluted. That it was over everything. I mean, it was in the sand. It was in the water. It was all. It was everywhere. But that that wasn't our only problem that we had. Our other problem that we had were uh, uh, P and then also the Amtrakx vaccine, which so, we now know. So,
0: so what's a tab?
1: P were chemical tabs. So you would take them in, in case you were going to be. Uh, you know, pre- it's a preventative.
0: So it's potassium,
1: and uh, it's worse than it's worse than that. It, it was um uh, like potassium bromide. It, it's a really long word that none of us can say. Okay, but they made it. They made a stop taking them, and and that, and if you go back and read the side effects, some of the side effects some of the guys are having could be from that. If you go back and look, there's a study now that They believe 35,000 troops died one year after the Gulf War from the Amtrak
0: And what kind of deaths did they suffer?
1: They uh, it's uh, uh, mostly cancers, uh, all different types of cancers, are uh, heart attacks. That's that's the biggest one we're finding out in Desert Storm veterans. And earlier, when you were talking about when you we're doing the promo talking about the Go For. At first, was a long. The Go For is a long one. The Go For still does have an end date. Uh, I don't know if y'all know that or not. So Desert Shield, Desert Storm has still not ended, and so these guys are suffering from neurological disorders. They're suffering uh, digestive system disorders. They're suffering from migraines, uh, fibromyalgia, all
0: kinds of neurological. Let's um, dive a little bit deeper. So let's start with neurological. What kind of neurological disorders, what does that look like? Okay, so for myself, I'll
1: just give you a rundown of what happened with me. Uh, Whenever I, I first got it, it was about three months after Desert Storm. I started bleeding from my nose. Uh, I was peeing, pooping, blood coming out my ears. Nobody could figure out what was going on. They stuck tubes up my nose, everything. When I I first got out, uh, the, the VA here in Texas wanted me to sign a voucher saying I was never exposed to any kind of chemical, biological warfare. My doctor walked in, grabbed it, ripped it up. He pulled me to his office, and he goes, look, I've done every test on you. There's something seriously going on with you guys we cannot figure out, but we know 100% true that y'all were biologically affected. And it will." he goes, by the time at the age of 45, you're going to have so many medical problems. And, you know, I'm 20, 23 years old laughing at him. You know, not thinking I'm a hell I was invincible, but the neurological problems that I have is called neuropathy. So the lining inside of my stomach holds B12 spores, minor chemically burned off. So my B12 got so low, I can't hold B12. It caused neuropathy
0: because your receptors can't absorb the B12
1: cannot absorb it. I, I have to take injections. But it went on about a year. I almost could not walk. And finally, when I went in, they tested for the B12, and they ran every test. They said I had chromes, I had this, I had that, all kinds of stuff. But finally, when they did colonoscopy and they saw that, the doctor told me this was about two years ago. He was like, this is <laughs> it's from 90, all the way from 1993, when I got out all the way till now, you're looking about 2000, about 2020 is when they finally came and said, your B12 is what caused your neuropathy. But what caused your B12 is the burning that you had. only thing that could have caused that was chemical warfare. And I said, well, why don't you write it down? They're like, nope. mm -mm." So what I ended up doing was I came home, I got mad. That's whenever I started podcasting about it. But the neurological problems that guys are having is n- neuropathy, fibromyalgia, which fibromyalgia is a muscle joint nerve pain, and which they they recognize all of this as a presumptive under the Gulf War. And so uh, some guys are having essential tremors. Parkinson's is a big one. ALS is a big one in Desert Storm vets. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Yes, it was a short war. Do
0: you know what some of the numbers are as far as these, like ALS and whatnot and cancer, what those rates are compared to the general population?
1: Yes, uh, two to one to the population is ALS. Five to one, I believe, is Parkinson's. Jesus Christ. Neurological disorders. Everybody who was out there during Desert Storm is about 80%. That's that's a high number of people who have go-for-illness. See, they call it go-for-illness. I call it go-for-side-effects because it's a side-effect of what we got from what they
0: did. So how much um, have you been able to figure out if it was the... The, the vaccines or the pills or whatever it was it they, they made you take, or if it was chemical warfare, or was it a bit of both? What do you think it, is causing it? I
1: think it's a, I think for most of us, it's a mixture. Now there are people like on my round table, I have Sarah. I met a guy named Gavin and, and all kinds. They never went to the Gulf War, but they did get the vaccine but they have vaccines. And vaccine this, is the, this,
0: this is the anthrax one, right? Yes. Okay, so that, 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 that. that's the one that was problematic. Were there any others that were problematic, or was it just anthrax?
1: Mainly anthrax. When okay. they, because a lot of the guys got up to five shots. And so these batches that they had, we know, are tainted. Uh, as a matter of fact, Europe is about to have a big case on the anthrax shot given to us there's a storm vets that is about to come out publicly. So that's fantastic.
0: So what are the differences between what you've seen from the anthrax, um, jab and, and chemical warfare, like specific to the anthrax jab, have you been, been able to isolate the symptoms and the, the things that have caused that have come directly from that?
1: there is mainly the anthrax vaccine uh it it the ones we know that have been vaccinated we and but didn't go to go neurological problems the guys who did go over their neurological digestive system is is the big ones
0: so what are some and of these so, di- digestive issues what do those look like
1: okay so the digestive issues they call ibs that's another word for they don't really know what it is. Yeah. But, right. So most of the guys are that I have talked to uh, are experiencing, uh, as soon as they eat, they go straight to the bathroom. And uh, that's most of them. A, a lot of the guys, uh, they bleed, like I do. I, st- I still have blood that comes out <laughs> unexplained uh, issues out there. And, but the thing is is we pass this on to our kids also
0: right uh, i'm glad that uh, that you're bringing that part up i've heard of numerous side effects or, or birth defects rather from the children of Gulf War veterans. So do you have numbers on on that, like um, what the the national standard is or the national average rather for for different birth defects and what they are for the children of Gulf War veterans?
1: No, because they won't. They won't do that study.
0: Well, um, th- throw a ballpark. Yeah. What have you seen?
1: I, okay, so from my experiences, from the people that I have talked to, and and which I get thousands of people that I have been in contact with, I haven't met one person that their child doesn't have a birth defect.
0: So tell me about some. What are some of these birth certificates? birth defects is there a very uh, common type or is there, or, are they really all over the map
1: no it's not all over the map that's the funny thing uh pots and eds are really big ones and and ibs
0: so tell me my, what pots what those first two are what are those
1: okay so pots from what i they pass out easy like my daughter she's one of them uh and, and And then I'll get to something else about my granddaughter. so my my daughter, she was about 16, started experiencing going to the bathroom, had blood in it, didn't understand. They ran every test, and when she was in the hospital, I said, "Look, they ain't going to find anything. It's something I passed down to to you." And like if she stands up for a long time, she passes out. So she went to a specialist, and they named POTS and EDS, and we believe she has a mild case of EDS. We're, I'm not sure. EDS is not a very common thing in children.
0: So let's go into that one. So we now we know what POTS is. What's you now what's this EDS? What is that?
1: So EDS is almost uh, uh, the w- way that I heard the neurological doctor, or the neurologist, tell me about it is it's a neurological defect and it also is very dangerous. It, it can literally kill. It normally kills uh, people who have EDS. So but how, we're how does
0: it normally present? Like what are the symptoms of this?
1: It's a, almost like pots where the passing out. Uh, they get really dehydrated easy mm. and stuff like that. that. That's what I understand of it. I really haven't investigated very much of EDS. I just know more about pots because that's mainly what their focus on with my daughter was,
0: was POTS more than anything. And you're saying that this is almost ubiquitous for all of the, the veterans of the children, like it's across the board, or is it just really common? <laughs> it, is a, it is
1: straight across the board. Almost everybody who I talk to, their kids have POTS that, that are neurological problems. They have uh, tremors. They have migraines. And so what's amazing is, is when Desert Storm vets came back, we didn't wash our uniforms. You, you know, our uniforms came back with this stuff on it. So we gave it to uh, our spouses. We gave it to our kids. And so everything we brought back with us wasn't decant- uh, decontaminated.
0: There must be a huge number of Gulf War vets that are dead from all kinds of disease by now. Must like, Is there like a percentage Of those that are still alive So We know that
1: They've been investigating 670,000 Troops that came back From Desert Storm And out of the 670,000 I believe 580,000 Troops have some Sort of type of Gulf War illness The death The death rate is we heard from one doctor, only one doctor. The death rate of Desert Storm vets are dying faster and aging faster than any other veteran group out there. That's the statistics that they gave us. They haven't given us a number of how many go for vets because they're they're not going to present that. The government in the United States, Canada, Australia, the UK, they're not going to present that because it it would make an uprising
0: so are you feeling that a lot of this is sarin gas then like there there must be literature on the effects of sarin gas i mean i know it's been studied extensively have you been able to find literature on uh, the effects of sarin gas and do they match up with what you've been seeing
1: yes as a matter of fact um i can't think of his i can't think of his name uh i think his Oh, he did a study at a okay, the University of Texas. There was a doctor there and he's also out of Dallas, Texas. He did a study and came out saying most of the effects from the Gulf War veterans were uh, is sarin gas. That's what he's been finding. Pe- people's blood markers, people have blood markers that came back that showed that yes, sarin gas is still present inside the body. And sarin gas can, it's a neurological. That, that's exactly what sarin gas is.
0: Is it so still even it, legal to use or was it ever legal to use or is it, oh a war, no. it's a war crime, right? To use sarin oh, gas. It's a war crime. But yes. even, even though, a, but don't, uh, doesn't the American military have it in their um, storage locker? Don't they have sarin gas? <laughs>
1: Man, they got all that. I mean, heck, why, why have it if you can't
0: use it? Right.
1: Exactly. I, I don't I mean, With any type of biological weapon, why is it still stored anywhere? I mean, of course, they say, oh, hey, this is for study and it's to help us create vaccines. Well, they need to get rid of it all.
0: I got a question from one of the um, one of the listeners here. Uh, Have you seen any difference in presentation between genders and have you seen uh, reproductive disorders? That's from Paula Edwards.
1: I'm, Paula, thank you for that question because it, that's the next thing. The Gulf War veterans that came back, male and female, a lot of them who came back, and we're finding this study more in the sailors than we are the people in in the army. Is uh, our Marines, it, the guys who were out at sea, seem to have something called burning semen, and the burning semen. Is is affecting probably if I had to estimate fifty percent of the Gulf War veterans out there that come back. And what it is is, burning semen is when you have sex with your partner, and you ejaculate into them. It's it's a blister. It's like a blister agent that comes out. Jesus. It blisters them. Yes. It, it. I mean, if it touches their skin, it, it is hot. The
0: semen is like. Does it also damage damage the man who's ejaculating?
1: Believe it or not, not inside. It only affects whenever it comes out. <laughs> oh, and, 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 they, and they they did a blood marker test on this. Uh, I had a guy named Jim Brown who was on my show, and we specifically went to this topic. I, I'll be honest, I'll tell all your listeners, I'm one of them. I I don't mind telling anybody this, because what they did to us over there, we need answers. They signed our death certificate at a young age, and, and I've accepted it. My family's accepted it, and that's what we're trying to get the Desert Storm veterans out there to accept what they did to you, all we want is answers. What what exactly did y'all put inside of our bodies? So, but-
0: Kevin, I'm just going to pause you for a moment. Uh, for our audience, if this is the first time you've ever heard of military members being exposed to something and then the government uh, covering it up, this is an old story. It ain't just the Gulf War vets. Uh, in Vietnam, it was Agent Orange. Matter of fact, in Canada, it is also Agent Orange because Agent Orange was used at the um, training area, uh, at the east coast and when people got sick because of, of being engaged town cfb gainestown where the agent orange was was used oh it's all in your head it's all the exact same lines it's all in your head it's something else it's just coincidence you're a conspiracy theorist um where no this was exposure to Agent Orange this is what happened and then on my tour which is uh, one of the reasons I'm so happy to have Kevin on here uh, we had to fill thousands and thousands and thousands of sandbags uh, in Croatia and we we're running out of places to find the sand it's not really desert area and so we found this big old sand pit we were warned at least the officers were warned, don't dig that because this is a toxic dump. Uh, underneath this sand is a bunch of transformers and things with PCBs. Uh, I said, well, we need the sand. So <laughs> we started digging and uh, filled thousands and thousands. Now, my platoon filled most of the sandbags for the entire battalion. We did this uh, all tour long. well, the first few months anyway, and we did over 1,000 sandbags a day and then we'd ship those sandbags to the different observation posts to build bunkers. And, um, when we got home, we all signed a piece of paper that says, I acknowledge that I may have been exposed to some toxic sand and I'm probably going to die of cancer. And we have lost a lot of people from cancer since, since those days. And a air quote investigation was done that found nothing. Of course, um, but these things happen all the time. And those documents that were on our files were ripped out of our files by our, by our commanding officer. and uh, But all the reservists that returned to their unit still had their medical docs. So these documents survived. The reason that I'm sharing this is that the idea of soldiers, airmen, Navy, getting exposed to horrible shit, that can kill and mutilate them, and even their ancestors, and then it being completely buried, this is not uncommon. And these are just the ones that little old me knows about, um, because i experienced some of it. So Kevin, I just wanted to share that for, for, for the audience to sort of lay the groundwork for anybody that's thinking, oh, you know, I heard about this once, it's a conspiracy theory. It's a, no; <laughs> these are these are people that are dead and sick, and and it's being and it's epigenetic; it's being passed on to the children. So back to um, the 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 split, I guess, between the anthrax vaccine. Um, do t- with the same as uh, my previous question: Is there any published literature about the the? side effects of the anthrax vaccine and how much does that marry up with, with what you've been seeing? Like, would you say it's, it's, I know it's a tough number to pull out of the ethers, but, um, how much of the, the effects that you've been seeing, would you say is anthrax? And how much do you think is the sarin gas that you're exposed to?
1: I honestly believe it's gotta be mostly the anthrax. Oh, wow. and one of the, re- one of the reasons I say that is because we had Dr. Nicholson on, And he talked about when his daughter got back from Desert Storm and she neurological problems, everything. So he started studying in on it and he started realizing that most people who took the anthrax, well, who had to take the anthrax, it wasn't a choice.
0: So just no, to let y'all know, it's not a choice. We found they, this again recently. Uh, we've <laughs> lost a lot of military members that didn't want to get the current job. They're like, "Yeah, we've seen yep. this before." Uh, <laughs> no thanks, and they got kicked and, and, out.
1: And, and that's that's one of the reasons why we started doing what we do on our podcast. Is we bring our podcast isn't just me talking. I bring real veterans on these guys who serve to go for. It. These guys who served in Afghanistan, the women that served over there, the stuff that they had to go through is just unbelievable. I believe in in Jim Brown, when he came on, he has documentation showing that the anthrax, the guy, Gavin, that I talked to from United Kingdom, the one that they're going to court, they got proof that the anthrax was so tainted that they knew it was going into our bodies and are all of our governments allowed it.
0: Well, the other big one, and I'm sorry on my little uh, montage there, I didn't uh, remember it but off the top of my head, but mefloquine, uh, mefloquine poisoning is significant. And the people that have been po- poisoned by, by mefloquine. Um, I mean, some people, they were able to, to digest it and flush it out and, and no big deal. But a lot of people are damaged today because of mefloquine that they took 30 years ago. And um, uh, so that's that's another thing that we were forced to take and uh, has had horrible side effects. And again, those side effects have been ignored. Only recently have there been some progress in the courts. So it like, takes decades before um, activist groups finally get some traction and the government finally exa- uh, ex- um, admits, okay, yeah, this stuff that I told you that you were nuts and you're just a conspiracy theorist for the last 20-30 years. Well, now the court of law says that you were right the whole time and we're a bunch of assholes who are pretending <laughs> that it wasn't real. <laughs> but, uh, so this happens all the time, and methylquin is one of these is one of the examples.
1: Now, now think about this. So, for all your listeners, you, in the United States, they decide to pass what's called the PACT Act. And they fought it out. They fought it out it, in the very beginning. Everybody loves that PACT Act, except for me. I'll be the I'm raising my hand right here. I'm telling you all, I do not love the PACT Act. Number one, why do you have to have a bill to support the people who are defending your freedoms? That's number one. That tells you right there the guilty if you have to have a bill. So that bill, which I'm very happy the Camp Lejeune people are finally going to get what they deserve. But in the United States, they, that PAC had sarin gas. It had um, anthrax shot. It had the PTABs. It had everything in it in the very beginning. And they took all of it out. All they did was add, okay, these are presumptives presumptives that you might have got over during the Gulf War. But you have to prove it. I don't have to prove anything. I, I have it. I know exactly what y'all did to me. And that's why That's why everybody in the United States that is a Gulf War veteran, this doesn't just stem to Desert Storm. This also stems to Iraqi Freedom Guys. Because that stuff is still in the sand. Them oil rigs were still on fire. You have DoD workers that went out there, that civilians who are helping put out the fires.
0: For our audience, DoD is Department of Defense, so there's civilian, oh, civilian contractors that work for the um, the military, um, but aren't actually members of the military, but they're civilian contractors. Right, and I I,
1: I can tell y'all. If you, y'all go to any Facebook page and you type in "Go for illness," you type in "Go for syndrome," you type in, you you know, Amt, amtrak shot or sick and poison during the Gulf War, and you read what them veterans are talking about. That's why we have twenty two a day committing suicide.
0: Well, it's a big it's part of a,
1: it. It is because they're not getting the help that they need.
0: So has there been so what, acknowledgement from the government at this point for any of this, for the anthrax uh, jabs that are tainted or for the sarin gas exposure? Has there been any acknowledgement from the government? And is there any treatment for it?
1: There is no treatment and no, <laughs> no, no on all of it. But so that's why we also did this other thing. We, we started, it's called the Outreach Program Act. And I wrote a bill, and I sent it off to the senators and congressmen. And I wanted them to come out and just run on every TV ad what veterans, what their benefits are. Okay, guys, if you fought in this war, these are your benefits. And I mean, just the simplest thing. To get the ball rolling to the next act that we can get out there saying, okay, now we want to know, Was it the sarin gas? And so it's almost like you got to take baby steps with the United States government. I I mean, I guess y'all's government. Everybody around the world needs to understand that our government's best interest is their money, their pocketbook. And these guys make a lot of damn money while they sit their butts up there, but they won't send their kids out there. And did you know... And I'm an independent. My stuff is not, I'm not political. But at least I will say, give Biden one thing, one thing. When he came out and talked about the go for, and then he said he thinks that's what his son died for. That's one of the cancers that's under the presumptives. Think about that.
0: So when you say presumptive, you've used that term a few times. How would you define that term in the context that you're using it?
1: Well, I'll, I'll go with the Vietnam guys. I will go with the desert storm guys. They'll go for all this in presumptives like agent orange. They know leukemia, lung cancer, liver cancer, all these cancers can be caused by, uh, Agent orange. So if you've had any of that, that's a presumptive. It's it.
0: So it's it just it just, it just it just presumed if you have leukemia, it's just presumed that it's because of your previous Agent Orange ex, uh, exposure.
1: Exactly. I but just United- uh,
0: buried a friend of mine from leukemia, and uh, he was exposed to all the stuff that we were exposed to. He was on my tour, so. And and that's a tough one. I I tell yeah. you, I
1: I lost one of my best friends committed suicide in the early two two thousands. And I I tried to explain to his family, it's not because of what he did in the military, it's what they did to him in the military. And that's what a lot of people need to understand. These guys come back, they don't they don't have an outlet that they could come back and say, you know, hey, this is what happened to me. This is, uh, and I feel this way. They feel by themselves. And that's what everybody needs to do around the world. Talk to these veterans, ask them, say, hey, what were you exposed to? Man, we're here for you. And we would have a whole lot less death. If, If the American people, Canadian people, the UK people, I mean, even the Iraqi people would start standing up and say, hey, no more of this needs to be done to our troops. That would mend a lot of things. I mean, a lot of guys would just feel better saying, hey, you know, like if I go to the VA and they say, Kevin, look, you were exposed to sarin gas, anthrax shot mixed in along with mustard gas. That's what got you. There's no cure. I would be like, okay, well, at least you finally told me. I would. And, and I, I do. I have a different attitude than most veterans. I'm mad.
0: So the, I'm, Gulf, I'm, the Gulf War lit up twice. Um, the first time when you were there, and uh, it was just as I was joining. I joined the military in 91, and it, this, was, this broke out just before I went for basic training. So by going away party, everybody thought I was off to World War III. That's why my fumbled intro that I did on this show, um, that's where that came from. So, and then it ended up, what, four weeks long or something? It didn't last long at all. But there, then there was a second Gulf War after that as well. What, what year was the second Gulf War? And um, were people still uh, getting Gulf War side effects from the second Gulf War as well? It was. Uh, the, really, there was three.
1: There was three. a lot of people okay, there are after, actually three. That's right. A lot of people don't realize this. So walk, 19, walk us through it. Okay. So in 1990, when most of us were getting out there, when it was done in 1991, as you were joining another one flared up in 1992 and it was the no fly zone. So everybody started going back out there again. And I think that was operation freedom that when it was starting to flare up again. So they showed a massive force out there. Saddam decided not to do anything at that time. Then the third one was the Iraqi freedom where George Bush decided, hey, we we're going to go over there and finish what his dad started, I guess. But what in between that period, Saddam killed, I believe, 180,000 of his own people by gassing him with mustard and sarin gas. <laughs> uh, did you know that?
0: No. Say, say that one more time.
1: So uh, over, I, I believe it was a hundred, I think it was 180 something thousand people, Saddam uh, killed using mustard and sarin gas. He killed them
0: and now- of his own people right and that was the shias and the sunnis right like there was a split right. and uh and who was it that he killed there was a specific I, tribe i
1: think it was was it the the the, the shiites i believe i believe uh, i i can't remember which one off the top of my head but it was between and the shiites the, and the sunnis yeah i believe it, i believe it could have been the shiites I, I believe
0: i apologize so much to our audience for not knowing this yeah. for sure but uh, if somebody in the audience knows which one it was, please educate us. Right.
1: And and here's another thing. During Iraqi freedom, they did, if if I'm not mistaken, that was also the third bill. Four, so when they went in, the IEDs had sarin gas inside of them. So when the IEDs would explode on the troops, they were also getting sarin gas
0: so for those that don't know ieds are improvised explosive devices uh, think of them as a landmine but it was a homemade landmine so you have a homemade landmine and then as part of it you have a canister of sarin gas that uh, explodes and spreads when you set off the the ied
1: and and also for your listeners out there these guys that they that were out the army uh, and uh what branch were you considered to be in
0: oh i was uh, in, i was army so i was an infantry guy
1: okay okay so infantry did they give you the suits that had the for the sand fleas the pesticides on there
0: no 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 i i was never uh my tour was in croatia in 94 uh, the suits. The only suits that we have is the suits everybody has. The bunny suits we called them. So the charcoal, okay. charcoal lined <laughs> snow suits that uh, that we'd wear in July, <laughs> It'd be brutal. But uh, it's, it's for chemical. The chemical warfare suits, biological chemical warfare suits.
1: Okay. Well, a lot of the army out there during Desert Storm, and yeah, I think even believe in Iraqi freedom, their their uh, uniforms were laced with pesticides to keep the sand fleas off and stuff like that well the pesticides also believe can contribute to a lot of what the army guys are experiencing through uh, their types of cancers and all that uh that we we just are learning this well i didn't even know there was such thing as uniforms that had pesticides inside of it to keep the fleas off and uh, the one thing I don't think we touch base on is let's talk about the oil rig fires and let's talk about the burn burn pits.
0: Please do. Now, uh, so we'll start with the oil rig fires, but uh, let's define a burn pit uh, first. Uh, most people, I don't think, understand what they are. So tell us what a burn pit is.
1: Okay, so now I know what a burn pit is myself because I had a couple guests on. They burned uh, human waste they burned uh, paint cans, they burned everything, anything that could that they wanted to throw into the burn pits, they were just throwing it in there. And also they were blowing up, you know, the weapons of mass destruction, we were blowing them up at that time. So the mixture of the burn pits of the of human waste, the uh, radioactive, the sarin gas, that we were blowing up out there in the bunkers, along with the oil wells, it created a, what you would call a cloud. 1.3 million mile cloud. All around there that had all these chemicals mixed at once that was exposing everybody at the same time, even the people on the ground.
0: Uh, Kevin, have you... um... Done any studies on the actual residents there, like of of the Persian Gulf and Iraq, um, like the people that that live there and seen their cancer rates and rates of Parkinsons and all these? Have, have you had a chance to look at that?
1: They they, they don't have any because their their governments cover it up just like ours. See, their governments are worse than what ours are. Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I mean they they don't have VA systems. They don't have you, you know they're they're not going to give us the total numbers, especially in Iraq and Kuwait. I wonder if there okay. are,
0: if anybody's been able to compile any numbers, because this is the civilian population, man, woman, and child, uh, that were all exposed to the same stuff that uh, that um, all the military members were. It's uh, right. just absolutely horrific.
1: Right. I, I don't really think that they want that study to be done, because if they were to end up doing that study and they were to find out it, it, it would unleash a lot out there, also in, in the Middle East. I mean, I, I just—it's crooked. All this is just a bunch of crooked mess. I mean, our governments knew what they—they they were doing to us. Their governments knew what what was being done. And I mean, the only way to stop it is for everybody to stand up.
0: So let's talk about the um, the oil wells that were. Oh, out. now the. Now the oil wells were were
1: a fascinating sight. I, I hate to say it like that, but when it's nighttime out there and you're you're going through it and the only thing you can see out there, because all the ships are dark, are oil well fires. The clouds from it. I mean there were guys out there that literally could just wipe their skin and oil would come off of it. And so some days during the day, it looked like nighttime because of all the oil wells being burned out there, all the smoke from it. And so also breathing and all that wasn't good for us neither. And, and we do believe that Saddam, when he blew these oil wells up, that he put sarin gas. And he also dumped a whole bunch going into Kuwait a whole bunch of oil in the waters in Kuwait. So that way, if you bring in the boats or stuff like that, he was hoping, I guess they'd catch on fire, but it didn't work.
0: The so, the military strategy that Saddam Hussein was using is known as scorched earth, where uh, it's like, oh, this is what you want? Well, <laughs> I'll get rid of it. And uh, so he, he blew up his own wells to... Uh, take the prize away because it it wasn't exactly the most moral war uh you know it was a war for oil and you know as much as people said oh the only reason we're going here is because weapons of mass destruction which of course didn't exist the wmds weren't there other than uh the, the sarin gas there were no nukes like, like we were told we went in there to um, so that Halliburton could rebuild it for billions and billions of dollars. And that's the real reason that, uh, that we went there. It was financial. It's oh, very, very much. Very much horrendous that we would annihilate because what 2 million dead Iraqis for corporate greed. And yet we prepare. We still pretend that we have the moral high ground. That we had a good reason for going there. We're bringing democracy. Nope, <laughs> nope. You're 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 bringing contracts for Halliburton. That's what you're doing. That's why right. we're there. That's why two million. So that's uh, almost half the population of my province of Alberta. Uh, the city of Calgary is about one point two million, and it's just under a million for Edmonton. So all of Edmonton and all of Calgary. Man, woman, and child dead, so that Halliburton can rebuild it
1: that yeah, and that's that's the sad part that's i mean you you know as a young kid, you're going over there you're you're be, you're told a whole different story, and that's what a lot of people don't realize you know when you're when you're sitting in the military as me and you were. And you're being told as a 19, 18, 19 year old kid, like, hey, we're going to war because if they take over the oil, it's going to crush the, you know, American economy and and break the world. And that's why we're going over there. Let's go do it. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then years later, you find out. Wait a second. It was was for your own well-being. These politicians got rich off of it.
0: Sure. Hey, guess what? politician it's a great time to buy Halliburton stocks why don't ask questions just buy a bunch of Halliburton stocks oh glad (laughs) I took that advice that war broke out who could have seen that coming it's almost like it was planned
1: right right now think about the agent orange guys in America I think it was what 40 50 years later they get a a massive amount of a check saying, here, you were exposed to this. This is how we're going to pay you off. Thank you very much for your service. And that's it. You get free health care. Yeah. Well, our VA system is is not the best health care system in the world because one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing.
0: Well, uh, do y'all have? A isn't it VA better system? in Texas than it is anywhere else, though?
1: Believe it or not, the best veterans uh, that we have found is uh, Iowa. Iowa. I mean, uh, I, uh, yeah, I asked a,
0: a friend of mine who's um, uh, has dual citizenship. He served in the armored infantry, armored infantry, in the states, and uh, he's currently living in Katy, Texas. And from his perspective, anyway, if you're a veteran in Texas, you got it made in the shade. There's uh, there's lots and lots and lots of supports, but uh, is that something? Do you disagree with that?
1: No, cuz I live uh, just north of Houston, so I live close by him as a matter of fact. Yeah. And I we got clinics everywhere. Here's the the VA system isn't in Texas isn't as bad as most of them. The only bad thing is is none of them know what Gulf War illness is. When you go see these doctors and you say, "Look, I was in Desert Storm. Do you know anything about Gulf War illness? They're like, no, they don't teach us much. But let me tell you, it, m- my wife, who is going to be a nurse, in her handbooks, it talks about Gulf War illness. And that, that that amazes me. They know more about Gulf War illness than our VA system does. But you
0: haven't found any treatment for it whatsoever. Like not even no. some off the books woo-woo stuff, like nothing? <laughs> no.
1: The, the only thing uh, the only thing that we that they give us is I'll give you a taste of what they give us, is I take Gavapentin, I take some I take what's called promidone for my essential tremors, I take IBS medicine. What they do is they mask the problem, they don't fix it.
0: Have, so, they, what have you tried for? I mean, you must have tried things over the over the years. Have you done the the whole detox thing and uh, colon that, cleansing and all this stuff?
1: Now, there 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 is is which I'm trying now is called NT Factor. It's it's uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Nicholson came up with this regimen that it actually detox as much as it can to create new uh, glands inside your body. But like what I have neuropathy, there's no cure. I mean, when you go in and you tell the doctors, yeah, I've got neuropathy. Hey, is there any way we can try this, this and this? They're like, look, there's no cure for neuropathy. They're really surprised I'm still walking. And so this is, this is, well, a lot of people don't know there's there's no cure, there's no cure for what what we have, it's just acceptance. You know that that's what they want you to know.
0: Manage you the symptoms to, is all they can do. That's it. It's like palli- give you a bandage. Palliative care, basically.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna. I should wear a big old bandaid when I go into the VA, right on top of my head, saying this is all y'all gonna give me anyway. <laughs> I mean, and, but it's acceptance. Now, as far as like primary care is wonderful. Uh my medicine show up at, at my house if I need an x-ray, man, I get an x-ray. So it, it's it's not that the care is is bad. The care is really good. They just don't have a cure for us.
0: So do you uh, see it, any any hope? Kevin, of acknowledgement from the government, have you made headway in the courts or anything like that for the government to acknowledge? Yeah, this is a thing, and uh, these symptoms are real, and it's not in your head, and this is why it happened. Is uh, yes? So you, you do you see hope? I, I see hope for them admitting
1: it, but I don't see hope for a cure.
0: Okay. So and, what? And I do. So tell me about the hope for them admitting it. Um, Where does that hope come from? Have you made progress in the courts or how has that come about?
1: Well, how, when a veteran files for compensation, uh, they either get approved or denied. And so once they get denied, they get denied again, it goes up to the court systems. The court systems, the judges are saying, yes, these guys have it. So boom, give them compensation. We see it there. But as far as admitting it, when they pass this PACT Act and the burn pit, right, uh, burn pit pact, what they just passed, that's a form of, OK, this is the start of it. With us getting in new people into new legislation and the more we keep going with it, the more they're going to start finding what the old government did to us. And then I do believe it will one day come out.
0: Kevin, is there anything we haven't covered that needs to be covered? Is there anything I haven't dislodged here with my questions?
1: There is one particular thing that I would love to share with everybody. Let her rip. When you go down and you vote, don't vote for a name. Vote for what they believe in. That's the message needs to get out. Yeah, everybody in America, Canada, UK, we need to kick them all out. All these politicians that's been in there for 30 years, making millions and millions of dollars, neither buts kicked out. And we need to put new people in, start investigating why they did this to their own people. That's what needs to be done. That's what needs to be covered.
0: Well, and, and this is, and this isn't the only thing that uh, is horrific that gets buried by the government. Have you, uh, in all the work that you've been doing to try to bring light to the Gulf War side effects, have you run into parallel cases of uh, other things that have happened, both in the military or to the civilian population, that people don't know about? <laughs>
1: I will tell each and every one of y'all. I don't know because YouTube may could take it down, but let's just say the jab. That's right. an well, experiment. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll stay off that one uh, right. be, be, but, be, be, but but I understand what you're saying. But uh, right. we'll we'll stay away. From, we'll little, stay that from that one only because the mission and scope of my of my show. I don't want it to right. get, to, that, to get mixed up with that, that. that.
1: But our military today. uh Let's go back to 1998. Okay, United States. uh, United States, not Supreme Court, but the most liberal courts of appeals uh, is, I think, the Fifth Circuit Court in Washington, Washington State, Washington D.C. Sorry, Washington D.C. They knew that the Amtrak shot was tainted, so they put it that you can no longer force military people to take experimental vaccines like the anthrax So they did away with it. And that was finished in 2002 that it was approved. So hmm. there, so th- there is judges out there that knows what happened to, to us, but the, they need to stop experimenting on us. Yeah. No, no matter then or there, uh, any war we ever go into Uh, I I just hope that the people think about what they're going to get put into their bodies before they go over there.
0: Yeah, because everybody runs the gauntlet, especially pre-deployment. Prior to a deployment, uh, you take your shirts off and there's a a lineup (laughs) on each side of you. And a bunch of people with needles, and um, like like, and, and you and you stop. There's a needle in each side at the same time. Then you go to the next one, then the next one, then the next one. It's uh, it's a hell of a lot of needles all in a short <laughs> period of time. We call it the needle gauntlet. And, the, that's uh, what we call it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's it was the same, and it's before every deployment. You know, um, it's like didn't I just get these for the last deployment? that yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's go. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! And um, yeah, that's rough.
1: amazing. That's amazing that you say it. I remember that lining up, and man, they had them little guns out there. And they were sticking at each other's arm. Ding 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 ding.
0: Well, my favorite but is when they get you one on each side at the same time, and they double jab you. Whoa! Hey there. Yeah. Yeah, sick as a dog for the next couple of days, but uh, you're you're young and you're strong and you're resilient and you just kind of shake it off and then off you go.
1: And then the gas chamber they put you in. They, yeah. Did y'all during boot camp they put you in that little gas chamber? Oh, yeah,
0: everybody. And, and, I, and that's so ours was um, ten weeks of basic training and then sixteen weeks of battle school, so twenty six weeks total before you get to go to your unit. That's what it was then, anyway. And um, the first time that you get gas it's in the gas chamber that's in basic training so it doesn't matter if you're a clerk or a grunt or whatever everybody goes and uh they do the funky chicken in the gas chamber and um yeah and i am sure that my nasal uh, cavities are still damaged to this day because of that i'm sure of it you know, but I'm sure that you. that's not something they'll ever admit or get a backlighting for.
1: <laughs> well, and I would tell everybody this. If you've never been in the military, when they put you in this gas chamber, they make you take off this mask and you try to say your last name, you can't. But when you come out, I've never had more snot come out of my nose than any, any time in my life. Now,
0: there's a the video and, that just came out. Uh, everybody's commenting on what the Navy SEALs. And um, sing happy birthday as the gas uh, canisters. So it's not always the chamber. (laughs) I only got the chamber once, and it was uh, gas canisters after that, gas grenades. And it's the same stuff. But... Sing happy birthday. The reason that they're making them sing happy birthday is uh, to prove that they're not holding their breath. That's why they're doing it. And it's also um, so that they are without a mask with for a set amount of time, which is the amount of time it takes to sing happy birthday. And people are looking, it's like, oh my God, it's horrible. Oh, what are they doing? That's a human rights violation. <laughs> it's like, no, that's the same. Training with a bit of a twist that we all do, you know, whether you're a clerk or or, or you're a grunt and everything in between, you know, and uh, the seals, uh, I mean, they got to get used to this type of stuff, you know, because because you're going to get exposed to it when you're on when you're operating, so. You have to be able to not panic when this stuff happens, and that's why they do it. And uh, yeah, but all the all, all the um, I'm going to use the word snowflake. I don't think I've ever said that before in the show, but that's that's what it is. Um, or just the people that don't understand. You know, it's like no, this is part of
1: the training. And I would like to also tell everybody: if I had to go back and serve my country again, I'd do it in, in a heartbeat.
0: You know, I, love my country. I, I I get this all the time. I, I testified, there's, we got some issues going on up here and I testified in Ottawa in front of a bunch of politicians and I was asked that, like, which, like, if you knew now, what you knew then, if you knew then, what you know now, would you do it over again despite everything that's happened to you? I'm like, yeah, I would. Because it's um, uh, people that haven't served don't understand the power of service. Um, that is sacrifice. Like when we sign on the dotted line, that is, uh, we're writing that blank check for our life. So yeah, we expect bad things to potentially happen to us, but we don't expect it to be through criminal negligence and to be abandoned when we get home and for people to pretend that it didn't happen. You know, that's what we no Nobody would have, uh, guessed that. But still, that urge to serve to do something for your country and for your um, for your fellow countrymen, you know that is something that uh, you just don't regret typically. I've never heard of anybody that says that they wouldn't do it again, no matter how rough a ride that they had it's, uh, right. it's, it's a different thing
1: yeah, I'm going to say that better myself
0: Well, brother. I really appreciate you being on the show and uh, and, and covering this incredibly important topic and unfortunately it 's been going on for thirty years. but here we are and um, still talking about it because there still isn 't a solution when the government uh, buries something under the under the carpet, they do a damn good job of it <laughs> and it yeah, takes uh, people like yourself fighting and fighting and fighting um, to to expose it you know and um, God bless you for doing it for, for your continued service.
1: Oh, thank you and bless you for having me on. I mean, I've really enjoyed it, and I mean, my goal is to go all the way up to sit in front of the Senate and tell
0: them how I feel. So, to find your podcast, is it on all the pod, podcast platforms? All the all the big ones?
1: It, it is. It's on YouTube. It's on. It's just. Uh, Apple, Amazon, everywhere. And the name and of Gulf that podcast
0: is "Gulf War Side Effects." I noticed that you didn't have a website up, or do you? And I just couldn't find it.
1: No, I, I don't. I, I don't because uh, I just haven't made made one because I basically use Facebook as my website.
0: Yeah, that works. So so uh, we can find people can find you on Facebook as well under "Gulf War Side Effects."
1: Yes, sir, and YouTube. Okay.
0: And uh, there's about 75 podcasts there to choose from that I've, that I counted. And uh, please, if you want to learn more about Gulf War side effects and related issues, uh, go to Kevin Simon's podcast, the Gulf War side effects. And more importantly, share this episode or any of his episodes with your local congressman. If you're in the States or a Senator and in Canada, Hey, it affects us too. So share it with your members of parliament And keep this conversation going, because those that served, yeah, we we don't mind being put in harm's way and whatnot, but um, being experimented on is a bit much, and none of us agreed to that. So thank you for tuning in. Kevin, please stay on the line. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Tremor Recovery Podcast. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible. With a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear, please support this mission by subscribing to and rating the show on your favorite podcast channel, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google spotify anchor or anywhere else by doing so you'll help others find the help which just might save their life also please help by sharing a link to the show on all of your social media channels every time a new episode drops and always remember to recover out loud